This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. All right, you guys, we have a very exciting unfiltered episode today. Zoe Scarlettis back on seeing other people. Zoe, can you reintroduce yourself and share what you're here to talk about today? Of course. I'm so excited to be here. And I mean, just a quick side note, I think we have to like take a moment to appreciate that 2023 is the year of Alana. Like it's (laughs) actually every time I you like announce something I'm like this is your fucking year girl like you go between getting engaged freaking interviewing the Jonas Brothers like you gotta I hope you're journaling I'm not I've tried I've tried to journal and I like can't successfully do it but honestly I feel like I I visually journal with all the content so it works and you like record so you have it on um, but anyways, that was just a quick, I just wanted to announce that. But uh, yeah, my name is Zoe Scarlettis. I have a podcast called Solace in the City and Alana was on it to talk about dating. And today I'm here to talk about dating 
it's not my forte, but uh, <laughs> uh, while sober, because I'm currently 126 days sober from alcohol. Incredible. And very proud of you. That you. is a huge, huge accomplishment. It's really, I can't believe I'm actually like not drinking, but California sober. So that's a side note I should probably say. And yeah, I'm here to kind of talk about it's it's a wild ride. It's a, I'm sure. And I'm so excited. I have so many questions. This episode is so funny how this happened. Literally, Zoe texted me like a few days ago and started talking about the situationship she's in. And I'm like, wait, let's talk about this. But like, let's record this. Okay. And I also want to hear about sober dating. So this is going to be a really fun one. I'm excited. Which should we start with? What do you what, what are you feeling the gravitational pull towards? Mm. Sober dating, I think, because it sets okay. it sets like a precedent. That's a tone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this because I remember seeing you starting to post about being sober, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I feel like, from an outsider's perspective, usually you see someone become sober after maybe like knowing that they have an issue with alcohol or some crazy life event happens, and mm-hmm. they decide like, "Okay, I need to do something different." I, you and I don't talk on a regular basis. I don't know these things about you. So I was super curious from the get-go of like, okay, why, this is so interesting. Obviously amazing that you made this decision for yourself and that you're sticking to it. But I've been so curious as to why. And it's funny because I'm so like, I'm a super invasive person where like, I'll just like, like there's nothing that stopped me from like asking you, but I feel like I knew I was going to eventually see you and talk to you. And like, I wanted to really get into it instead of just texting you being like, why were you sober? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's my, like, what led you to becoming sober? So it's, I want to say it's, I want, I want to be like, oh, it's like a unique story, but I feel like it's probably not that unique Um, in the sense of I've been like flirting with sobriety for, I'd say almost like four years now, like three or four years. And just for like the mere sense of, I have had like a lot of mental health problems in my past from anxiety, depression, eating disorder. Like I've been through it. And I think like when you have like one of those afflictions, so to speak, you kind of are like, okay, well, this, this is, you know, maybe alcohol isn't like the best thing for me to be doing. And so I've done like, or attempted a few dry Januaries and like sober Octobers. And, you know, I've done that whole thing. And then I was going to do just another like a dry January this January. And um, on New Year's Eve, I got so drunk. Like in hindsight, it's kind of a funny st- story. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I'm, I feel like my family is recovered so that I can share this. But basically, I went out in New York um, with my sister. We went to like a Lily for dinner and it was like, you know, going to be like a, a super chill New Year's, which never happens. And then I, we went to like a drinks after and then like a party after. And I just, I just drank a lot. And then yeah. my parents happened to be in the city that weekend for a wedding and they like had a hotel. So I guess at some point in the night I blacked out. I don't really remember. All I remember is then <laughs> like whatever, blacking in, I don't know. And being carried into my parents' hotel room by a bell, like a bellman and my dad. Oh my God. Oh, like, yeah. And then I blacked out again. And then I woke up naked in between my parents and safe to say they were horrified. Like 
they've never seen you know what i mean they yeah. this was like maybe a 16 year old zoe okay but like 27 what the fuck so um yeah at that point i was like okay i'm just gonna stop drinking or at least for like you know the foreseeable future and then i started interviewing people i like kind of just like a light went off of oh wow this could be really helpful to use my podcast as a way to learn more about sobriety and like why other people stop drinking and that was huge because then I started reading books and like interviewing people and just learning more about like the culture around drinking that like the big alcohol companies create and kind of how that affects our drinking culture and like habits and so that's really why like I've continued to be sober is like I've just seen a lot of benefits I feel a lot better and it was like never something I thought in the past that I would actually do. But now that I like have just stopped, like I think moderation was just never going to work, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really <laughs> rock bottom for sure or close to it. But I think there's just like a misconception around like alcohol addiction and all of all of that that I've learned a lot about. And I don't think – like, I don't know if like addiction is the right word to use or alcoholism. I think it's just like, I wasn't my best self when I was drinking and I'm also working to become a therapist. So like, I want to be my best self. And I feel like I can't authentically do that if I'm hungover or, you know, drinking too much and regretting it and feeling right. crappy. Yeah. It's a mix of you want to be your best self for yourself, but also for the future clients that you have and people who are relying on you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. as like, I want to practice what I preach too. Like, yeah. And then if I know deep down that this is like, cause my sister is the type of person who can like nurse a drink all night and she's totally cool with that. Like I will never be that person, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it's some people just have like I don't know I think it's like my outgoing personality and things like that um but for anyone listening if like you're curious to learn more I would recommend reading Quit Like a Woman that book is so good it's like an untamed of mm -hmm. of I guess alcoholic alcoholics um no just kidding it's it's really interesting so I think I it's funny it. going back to your original story. You're like, yeah, we were going to have a chill New Year's and then, because usually people are like, no, like we're going to have a crazy wild New Year's and then. I know, right? It's, it's always the times though that you say, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it easy. And then like three tequila sodas later or like maybe like seven. It's. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me. <laughs> Was there a turning point in maybe January, February, like the beginning of this year as you're learning more about this, that you were just like, okay, I want to take this more seriously than I thought. This isn't just me like taking a few weeks off from drinking because of what happened on New Year's, but maybe this is something that I really do want to work towards. Like, was there one fact that you learned or one mm -hmm. Saturday morning where you woke up after going out sober and like you felt great and still had a good time? Like, was there a specific turning point for you? I think... Not necessarily where I took it more seriously. When I started, when I decided to do the podcast focusing on it or like pivot my meant already like mental health podcast towards- You could change the name from Solace in the City to Sober in the City. Oh, I know. Oh, I was thinking that I, or like at least the 
I don't know, whatever you call it, like the season or something. Yeah. But I think like when I first kind of, I don't know, announced it, like that sounds so annoying, but I, when I first mentioned it on the podcast, I was like, I don't know. I felt like it was almost like a punishment or like I was sad about it. And then I like pivoted to the, towards the attitude of like, okay, but like, you know, maybe I'd have a glass of champagne at my wedding or something like that. And then it was really just more reading about um, like re- reading like people's stories where I was like, okay, actually like this is not that bad. Like it wasn't nearly as bad as I expected especially because I'm a very social person. Um, And there's also, like, I think a big – I feel like right now is kind of the same – we're on the precipice of, like, a sober, curious movement, kind of like how a couple years ago mental health was being talked about a little bit more. There's just a lot of NA options. Like, I I feel like when I go out and I get, like, an NA beer, it's just – it's – that's exactly what I want kind of a thing of like, I just want the feeling of connection with people without actually ingesting like poison. What is it? It's like essentially poison. So no shame towards anyone who just drinks. I just wasn't like aligning at all with me. And I also was in a, like a pretty bad place like last fall And I really, I was going to like up my meds. Like I really thought that the depression was coming back. But once I stopped drinking, it was like all gone, which was wild. So I think that was a bit like as well that I was like, okay, well, clearly this wasn't doing good things to my mental health. So yeah. And without it, I feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And my skin's a lot better, which is great. You look great. You're glowing. Thank you. Zoe is glowing. I do have a ring light. (laughs) No one needs to know. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. 
Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Okay. What ways has this affected your dating life? I'm very excited to hear about this because I imagine there are challenges, though maybe they're not challenges. Maybe it's more of some people will react in certain ways and those people kind of, their reactions tell you what you need to know. But how has it impacted the dates you're going on, the conversations you're having, the way you're able to digest these dates and and determine if you have feelings for people? 
Yeah. So it's been really interesting. I think, I mean, so for, <laughs> I'd say first, there's a lot of different like elements, I guess, yeah. because for one thing, um, in like the AA community, which I, I am not a part of, but they, you know, advise that you don't date for a year while you're, you know, um, dealing like, you know, while you're in your first year of sobriety, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like it, I would, I needed to demonstrate like so much energy towards my sobriety because it was relatively easy for me. I'm very fortunate in that way. So I've just been dating around and whatever. Um, it's definitely interesting because I think it just makes you realize how often or like how much our dating culture revolves around drinking like every single you know I'm I'm on hinge and like Raya if I'm allowed to say that (laughs) and you know the first thing people ask is like want to grab a drink and so I actually like wrestled with this a while before I started going on dates and I even had Lindsay Metzler on because she's sober Mm -hmm. and has a dating podcast and I was like what do you say (laughs) do I you know tell them out front do I wait till we're there and order a Diet Coke, like. Right, because usually it's like, oh, like, let's grab drinks. That's yeah. not like, when yeah. can I take you on a date? It's like, when can we get drinks? Exactly. So the advice I was given is like, you don't have to disclose it if you don't want to or, you know, um, but usually what I will say now is like, sure, like, for example, I went on a date with someone yesterday and he the first thing he said was like, okay, I got a reservation for this place at this time um, for drinks. So I was like, okay, I don't really need, I, I feel like it would be almost too much to be like, oh, but I'm sober, but that's fine. So I was like, okay, whatever, I didn't mention it. And then later in the week he followed up and was like just checking, like, are you still down for drinks? And I was like, okay, he said drinks twice. Maybe I should just say like, yeah, sure. But like, by the way. By the way, P.S. So I said, I think – Lindsay's Lindsay's advice was like, I don't drink, but you won't notice, which I have used. And I love that. And then I just said like, oh, um, sounds great. Like, by the way, I don't, I'm sober, but I like love a good mocktail or like I'm down to have a diet dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Granted, that guy (laughs) was very confused and was like, I mean, I don't know. I think there's a balance like, he asked, you know, is it okay if I still drink? And so, like, that's a fair question. Like, of course. I think it's really respectful that he asked that, yeah, actually. Because, like, he doesn't know why I'm sober or, like, right. you know, what triggers me. Um, but then <laughs> on the date, he kept being like, so you don't even drink wine? And I was like, sir, <laughs> no, I don't drink wine. Or he was like, he had a drink. He's like, this is so good. Like, you should really try some. And I was like, oh, God, I I don't even know how to respond to that. But that was a just. Well, that's not that's tough, girl. because in your in your circumstance, this was like. It wasn't necessarily that like you were an alcoholic or had this insane drinking problem. Yeah. You chose to do this for your lifestyle. But if he were on a date with somebody who was in that position like this, that would be really insensitive and like problematic for that other person yeah that's where it gets tough for for everybody involved where it's like what are the questions you should and shouldn't ask like should you 
say one thing and then like move on from it. Like, I think kind of figuring that out is really tricky. But obviously, you want to feel like respected. Yeah, I think I do think there is like, if any guys are listening, and you know, they're honestly, or girls, anyone, if anyone, anyone listening who's going on a date with a sober person, I think like this because this is a good this is an example of like how someone responded which I really respected and was like this this is a great sign um and this was like probably my first yeah my first sober date um and it was a guy who I'm still kind of seeing and he texted like hey do you want to um like grab I forget what it was, but basically there was like a bar in East Austin where I live and it was, he proposed like starting there just the night. And so similar situation of like, let's grab drinks. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Blah, blah, blah. But then he followed up. He was like, yeah, I think we could like start at Whistler's through the bar and then hop around on the East side to different, like hop around to different bars on the East side. So I was like, okay, that's, I probably should mention that I don't drink if we're going to be hopping around bars. Right. Like this is, this is a marathon. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and then I said the Lindsay line, which was kind of probably could have done better. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't drink, but you won't notice. Like, yes, you'll notice. You you'll will a hundred on a bar crawl <laughs> on a bar crawl when I'm literally like water, water, Topo Chico, yeah. water. And <laughs> Um, and then he was like, oh, that's so refreshing. Like, sorry, I literally proposed a date of just drinking. Um, and I was like, no, it's fine. And then we just ended up actually going to the first bar and just talking. I love that. Yeah. And then going to like another bar and then I ordered a mocktail. So it was like yeah. very chill. And like he brought it up and like asked and I'm really comfortable sharing. And I think a lot of sober people are. I mean, I don't know. Maybe when I'm, I'm speaking – for the community too much but like I yeah I'm really comfortable sharing and I and so I think like yeah asking maybe like what would you prefer or you know because someone might be like oh let's grab coffee instead maybe like they don't like to go to bars I don't mind it really depends on the person but I think just like as less of a deal you can make it is the way to go because yeah. it's like I don't know. It's not awkward until you say it's awkward kind of a thing. Yeah. It, like it doesn't have to be a loaded question or loaded topic unless you make it that. And I think for another example of like what someone could do in, in that situation where it's like, oh, like let's go to this bar and that bar and that bar and like do a bar crawl. Um, one of my favorite dates that I went on was actually a burger crawl. And so we went to oh, three different burger so places fun. and like split a burger and fries at each and got to like have all these different experiences but it was about like okay which burger is best like let's rank the burger and fries at each and so like yes we drank during it but it wasn't about the drinking it was about like okay here's this like us doing this activity that's about food and not necessarily alcohol um and going to different places so you still get that dynamic type of evening so like that could even be something that someone says of like oh like I figured like, we could grab a drink at this place and then like head to this and like make a whole night out of it like oh actually I don't really drink but what about doing that but with burgers instead at three yeah. three places or a pizza crawl. so fun and I also think and like this is something that a girl talked about on my podcast about sober dating which is like 
I think it, you know, when you're, when you're having your first date and you're having drinks, you're obviously like your, uh, decision-making is a little bit lower and you're, you know, have, you have like rose colored glasses on and social so lubricant it's, yeah, it's literally social literally. lubricant. And so you kind of like, let's say it's a first date, you meet on hinge or something, and then you start chatting, you leave the date and you're like, did I like them? Or did I just talk the whole time? Like, you know, totally. it, it's so easy to conflate converse, like, station with connection. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, like, when you're going in cold, sober, you, like, you know quickly, you know? Like, and if even if, like, if it's not drinks, you're doing an activity, you also get to know the person better. Like, my second couple of dates with that first guy or – the second guy who did the bar crawling, quote unquote, were like top golf and um, like yoga, like fun, like fun activities as opposed to just drinking. like drinking and then being hungover on like a Wednesday. <laughs> Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. So I think it's, even if you're not sober, I think it's a really, and like maybe you're just, you know, going on a bunch of dates and things aren't working out. It's something to consider of like just going on dates that don't involve alcohol. So you can be like, do I actually like this person or do I just not really fully remember the night? <laughs> totally. Have you felt awkward ever on dates without the help of our favorite social lubricant alcohol? Yes, but only because of the other person. <laughs> okay. Okay. In the sense okay. of like, like last, last night, like the one where they're, when they were like, are you sure you don't want some wine? I was like, right. Like that's me. like, mm, yeah. Yeah. But I will okay. say though, I am a very outgoing person. Yeah. So that helps. Um, but yeah, only when they make it awkward, I'd say, or like, yeah. And if, I don't know, one, another thing I'll say is because I think it's really common for like when people, I think when, so when, when I say I'm sober, to people or you know someone asked and I'm like oh I don't drink people's like a lot of time people's automatic assumptions almost like take that as like I'm trying to be say that I'm better than you it's like very often a common reaction so you'll get like defensiveness or oh but why or like you know questions or and follow up and I think it's just important to remember like if you are experiencing that and you're like newly sober or in a sober while and that someone's kind of 
questioning your sobriety or playing it down or something. It's just like that they're just projecting their own relationship with alcohol onto you, which may not be healthy, especially if they're, you know, responding that way. Um, because I've, I've noticed that too. And it's like, not great, but it does show you like who, you know, your true friends are, like the yeah. the partner you'll have, like you want them to be supportive, like regardless of your lifestyle. Yeah. And and I think people's reactions are very telling. I mean, mm-hmm. even the person who said that's so refreshing, like that in itself is refreshing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, it's just a much easier way to ju- like, judge character. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear about the situationship. The situationship. So where did this begin? Where are we now? What is shipping? So for context, I live in Austin, Texas, but I'm moving back to New York. In yeah, June. you are. I know. I'm so excited. Um, and so with that in mind, I've kind of approached these past few months as like the one time in my life where I can genuinely say that I'm like not looking for anything because I feel like people throw that around or me I'll speak for myself I throw that around I'm like I'm not looking for anything serious we're in the back of my mind I'm like searching for my husband and like (laughs) there's only one time where that wasn't the case and it was when I studied abroad like my junior year of college where I genuinely was not looking for anything and like at the end of my time abroad, like two guys confessed their love for me. And I was like, holy shit, like this works. Really guys want what they cannot have. (laughs) So I kind of have just been going on dates and like whatever. So this guy included and we're kind of almost like ships passing the night. Like he just got to Austin and I think – Side note about Austin for those who don't live here. It's very much a transplant city. Like I am case in point where in the sense that people move here from New York and LA and San Fran and Chicago to like find themselves or, you know, they are looking for a change or they just went through a big breakup. That's a big one. And they kind of come to Austin to like start anew. And I mean, case in point again yeah (laughs) but I see that I actually I don't know anyone who's actually from Austin but I know a ton of people who have moved there mm -hmm. moved back etc exactly it's very much that kind of like pull and then on top of that I mean it is like 85 degrees and sunny every single day so you can go outside and like No one works, like everyone works in tech sales. So, you know, minimal hours. So it's very much like a, like they call it Neverland for a reason. And so after a while, everyone, mostly men, heterosexual men, in my opinion, kind of gets like the Peter Pan syndrome bug. And then we'll be 31 and be like, I'm not looking for anything serious. And it's like, okay. So that's kind of the, I'd say overall vibe of most single men in Austin, um, in including including the situationship. But I mean, for for different reasons. But I think, in my opinion, when people say they're not looking for anything serious, they mean 
like if the right person came along, they they would be looking for the per like you know what I mean? They Well, that's that's exactly where we get ourselves into trouble because mm -hmm. I you would justify that all the time. Like I would use that exact excuse of like, oh well, this person said they're not looking for anything serious, but they don't know that until they meet me and and have enough time spent with me that they realize like they do want something serious with me even if we're four or five six dates in and they're like I really like you I'm not looking to commit I'm like well yeah you that makes sense you don't know me well enough to want to commit to me yet yep it's I okay there's in my no, opinion no 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 two types of guys <laughs> there's that guy who's not looking for anything serious not looking for anything serious focusing on himself which Side note, what does that mean? Are you in therapy? <laughs> like, are you right. starting a business? Are like, are you preparing for a marathon? Okay, fair. <laughs> but like, just, just like, where are the receipts? I want to see, how, you know, your therapy appointment bills. And, but whatever. But that, there's that guy. And that guy is the one who is not looking for anything serious until he's seriously attracted to someone, in which case. It's like it, the person who changes them. Yep. If he wants yep. to, he will. Then there's the other guy who just fucks around for a while. And then it's like the Samantha Cablite theory of then his he he's not looking for anything serious. Then his light goes on and then he decides he is and then the he next decides person he is next is person he dates one. is the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's no happy medium, at least very little. And that's like the frust like frustrating part, because like to your point. It makes sense to say, I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. You might be it, but I, we just met. Let's you don't explore know until you things. find it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, in your head, you're like, oh, you're not looking for anything serious, but, you know, I, time will tell. Like, maybe things will. No. <laughs> he, if he likes you, you'll know. Yeah. And I, I do. There hard. is, I want to, I want to just call out there is definitely another group of people and, and yeah, I know some yeah. of them are listening right now who like actively are looking for something serious and want to find their person just as bad as we do and, and all that um just shout out to you guys listening we love you uh we wish there were more of you yeah how did things start with this guy I followed him on Instagram because I like thought he was cute and then he dm'd me and a modern yeah. love story right so cute <laughs> Hey, I was like, it's not an app, <laughs> but yeah. And like we had mutual friends. And where are you at now? Like, are you, let me ask you this. Are you in this situationship because you're leaving? Are you in this situationship because he doesn't know what he's looking for? Is it a mix of both? Like what has been the biggest point of contention? And do you actually like him and like want it to not be a situation ship. Good question. So I think <laughs> it's to your point, a little bit of both. I think if I were staying in Austin, I would want something serious. But since I'm not, I I don't think I've like allowed myself to get invested enough to like continue holding on to something that won't happen. And the thing that's helped the most is he's very good with communication, which is like very rare, I think, with like the guys I've dated in the past. And you were about to say with guys. Yeah, no, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> like, uh, not all men, but I, and also women. Like, I don't think 
oftentimes women are are uncommunicative too because it's like you expect people to just read your mind and i'm guilty of that too um so just like i mean even the other day i was just like i just want to let you know like where my head's at i'm i don't want you thinking i want something more i understand that you're you know focusing on yourself i'm leaving like i think we're on the same page i just want you to know like i just i like you and i like you know spending time with you so i just hope you feel the same about me and it's ultimately a matter of respect and he was like absolutely like you know thanks for letting me know like i'm glad we communicate so it's like i'd say pretty healthy in that way which like is mature. Yeah. rare for my track record. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's, yeah, I think it's, it's easy. I mean, I'm just certainly someone who always kind of romanticizes a person, puts them on a pedestal, thinks like, you know, if they're my person, we can make it work, make it and, work. And yeah. I can move to New York and we could do long distance. I, you know, I often get caught up in like, that building some building a connection into something bigger than it actually is. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's a sobriety. I don't really know, but it's like kind of leveled me down of like, okay, realistically though, like you as in me, like you're excited to go back to New York, excited to travel this summer, like focus, focus on yourself. (laughs) Do you think, there have been times in your past where you have heard people say that like, Oh, I'm just like finding myself. I'm like working on myself. I'm not like looking for anything where you stayed in it and you should have gotten out or should have cut it off right then. What do you mean? Like with like with- if someone, yeah. Like with someone that maybe you met and they were like, Oh, like I'm not looking for anything serious, but like you were like, mm, we'll see. Oh, change your mind. Yes. Probably. <laughs> Every guy I've ever been with. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I I think I was talking to someone the other day about like how I that sometimes, in my opinion, why like situationships are almost more painful because absolutely there's no closure, there's no definitions, like they're so confusing and um and then when they end, you net like there's no close like you just don't know. You don't know. And then, you know, in hindsight, you can even think back and it's even more depressing. You're like, well, maybe they didn't like me at all. It's a lot of I think they're just very toxic to get into. And I'm a I'm notorious for my situationships. But I yeah. So to answer your question, yes. One thing that my therapist actually told me my last session, which I like loved was because I was talking about closure in regards to like friendships in regards to leaving Austin. And she was like, well, Zoe, like there's no such thing as closure. And like, what do you mean? And she said, I mean, ultimately like closure expects that you are going to be able to like know what the other person is thinking and like, even if you have a conversation with that person and it opens up a, like, you know, a new door. And so you're never actually going to get closure with someone like in cases of people passing away, like you don't get closure with them um, in relationships. So ultimately you have to just have closure with yourself in the sense of 
coming to terms with whatever it is, whether it's like a friendship fallout or a breakup or a fight or whatever of just acceptance because closure is just something that we like want to have to move on, but you won't move on unless you accept what happened. So yeah, I was like, it's crazy. And it's such a wild concept because it's, it is something that's seemingly so difficult to achieve because to that exact point, it's like, well, there's always another why or what if, or like, what if this happened instead? Or why can't we do that? And I think anytime, even like if you move to another place, you're looking for closure within your current city. Like, oh, I have to make sure I go back to all the places. I have to make sure I do all of these things mm-hmm. and check all this off the list. Cause what if God forbid I leave and I didn't do that one thing or go see that one tree. And like, does that really make you feel better about leaving? No, because that's not what you're thinking about at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you're going to look back on the memories you made and the things you actually did there, not your little last hurrah of like one week of trying to do a million things just to, in a way, like feel like calm your mind and feel like, okay, I, I, I lived there and I did the things. And it's the same thing with people. I mean, it's really, really difficult to just the, the whole grasp of the concept of moving on mm-hmm. and there will always be questions that are unanswered. There will always be a million what ifs. There will always be things that you don't know and don't understand. And even if you were to sit down with somebody and ask them the 25 questions that you have, you have no idea if their response is actually truthful. Yeah. And if they're meaning what they say, if they're saying what they mean. And so it really is a matter of like, okay, you did your best you made mistakes along the way because we all do. You learned. This was a part of your journey. You're a different person now than you were when you came in and you've grown. And what do you want to do next? Exactly. Because, yeah, exactly to your point, like if you have that conversation, there's a 99% chance you're going to hear something that you don't want to hear or get another, you know, get more questions from that. So it's it's really all about just accepting with yourself, whether that be like writing a letter to yourself or like what, you know, that you don't send things like that help. But that was something I think, I don't even know how I got to that point, but shout out to my therapist. (laughs) What are you going to do differently when you start dating in New York? Oh gosh. I don't know if I'm ready for dating in New York. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I will say is I love Austin because it's very um, – everyone's very friendly. And I don't know. When I was in New York, it was like a lot of – mostly on the app. People didn't really approach each other at bars. I will say I think I'm going to capitalize on the fact that I'm going to be in grad school Yeah. because I miss that environment of like walking around and like, you know, new faces and it's an easy conversation topic. Uh, I will say – We'll say um, there is not a lot of straight men in my program, <laughs> so I might but, like accidentally go to anyone, the business school library. <laughs> listen, anyone you meet knows people, and they know people. Exactly. And I think also just I kind of – honestly, it goes full circle. Like the year of Alana, like I feel like you've been just putting out such good energy for so long, and then, you know – you get engaged and like you're feeling so great and like good things keep coming and and I 
I hate to be like abundance and blah, blah, blah. But it is, you know, if if you're putting out good energy and you're feeling good about yourself and you're like, just like, and you have love for yourself and those around you, I truly believe that it attracts good things into your life. And I think that's why this, I mean, personally, these past four months have been some of the best months in my like life, which I do think is, you know, because I'm sober and then I'm feeling better about myself and then I'm being nicer and I'm happier. And I think that's what's brought in a lot of these good things. And so I think just next year and and while I'm in New York, I want to keep that up. Like I don't want to lose that sense of like gratitude and excitement because it's done well for me so far. So I love that. And not the off chance that you have this abundance mindset and you're putting out good things and good things are coming to you, but you meet somebody who says they're not looking for something serious or they're focusing on themselves, working on themselves, finding themselves. What does current Zoe want future Zoe to say? Or how do you want you to react? No, I think like that's cool. Bye. Thank you. Next. I'm like, it depends the person. Uh, yeah, I'd say, I mean, if you're trying to find yourself in New York, like you're going to be like, where Where are you finding yourself on the D train? Like literally like you're going to be at it a while. So, uh, kindly pass one mindset. I want to, okay. This mindset, I want to like name it or something because I've been telling all of my friends to just embrace the mindset of like, pretend you're me. Pretend that you only have a month and a half left in Austin, even though you're actually here for the rest of your life or whatever. Just embrace that mentality of like, or especially to anyone who like gets too much in their heads about relationships or Like it's not that serious. It's not that serious. And people also, I think a lot of people can sense like when people really want something. Yes. And so when you're, which I mean, probably why I'm so, I've been single for so long. It's because I always put that energy out. But now I've been like truly thinking about prioritizing my friendships and my time with Winky, my dog, and like in Austin. And I don't think it's coincidence that I've been going on more dates anyway. Yeah. Like it's, it's, and, but not in a game way, in like a just truly just like, embracing every moment and you know summer's coming up like realistically you're going to be busy most likely you're gonna be traveling going to the Hamptons maybe maybe going to the Jersey Shore like you got things to do so look at that as your that's your Super Bowl or like moving to a new city yeah no, I love that. That's great. And I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my God. I, I can't know. Wait. I'm so excited to be back. I can't wait. Barkley and Winky will have to have play dates finally. I know. They can, maybe they can date. I would love that. <laughs> Barkley, do you want to meet Winky? Do you want to meet like Winky? The new show, Jewish Matchmaking, but with dogs. Yeah, dog, <laughs> dog matchmaking. Um, okay. I'm giving you your choice of a closing question here because you probably answered this the last time you were here, but maybe it's changed. So. Players, player's choice. Uh, best piece of dating or relationship advice you've received or best piece of advice from your therapist? But I was talking to my therapist about like how I always fall back with things into things with people from my past, whether it's from high school, you know, my hometown, sometimes college. And then later I was talking about going on dates and how I don't like first dates because 
like I find them to not be like deep enough or, you know, I want to get to like the deeper parts. I want to talk about things that are more than surface level. And so I kind of end up jumping into things and then they're like, whoa, and things don't work out. And my therapist said, do you think that you jump into things because you miss the feelings of connection that you have with those people that you keep going back to from high school and you're growing up? And I was like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I don't know how if that's advice, but I guess like when to switch it into advice, if you're someone who jumps into things, maybe knowing that it's connected probably to something else and exploring that. And this is not for my therapist, but it's from, who is it from? Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> there is one letter difference between partner and parent. Do not, wow. do not look for, do not try to fix a relationship with a partner, whether you're a parent or anyone else in your life with your partner. Damn. I Yeah. That was on an episode of Call Our Daddy. That's crazy. Gwyneth oh, Paltrow I need did to listen to that to episode. Mm-hmm, with Gwyneth Paltrow. And I wow. was like, gosh. Shit. Damn it. I Love it. totally do that. Amazing. <laughs> Zoe, thank you again for coming back. Anytime. Where can everybody find you? And if people have questions about sober dating, can they hit you up? Absolutely. Um, my Instagram handle is Zoe Skur, Z-O-E-S-C-U-R. And my po- uh, bleh, my podcast is Solace in the City. And so Solace and the City. And that's Amazing. my Instagram handle too. We'll link it all in the show notes. Yay. So excited for you to move here. We will be hanging out and recording so much more. Oh my gosh. I'm um, so excited. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review and follow Zoe and her podcast and love you all. I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people.